0: Welcome to Episode 7 of ECSP's podcast series, Let's Talk Shopping Matters. I'm Marcus Pepperl and I'm joining you again from the ECSP Secretariat. In each of our conversations, we're looking to bring you a range of issues affecting the retail property industry from a number of different perspectives. Just as a reminder, the European Council of Shopping Places, or ECSP, provides a European voice for an industry that designs, creates, funds, develops, builds and manages place, places anchored by retail across Europe. In today's podcast, we're talking about climate change and the important role that the built environment has to play in helping Europe and the EU meet its ambitious targets by reducing emissions and energy consumption. As a major community and commercial hub, attracting lots of people, shopping places in particular are an essential part of the solutions we need to find. A lot is happening at the EU in creating a new regulatory framework that will have a direct impact on the way the retail property sector will invest, build and manage its its assets in future. I'm therefore delighted to welcome Josephina Lindblom, a senior policy officer working at DG Environment at the European Commission. She is responsible for the sustainable buildings file. Josefina, welcome. Perhaps we can start by asking you to introduce yourself and the work you're doing.
1: Thank you so much, Marcus. Yes, it's great to be here with you today. Um, I've been working at DG Environment since 2010, and almost all that time I've been working on sustainable buildings, as you just said, um, I have uh, a long uh, engineering experience, but that was the first time I came into close contact with the building sector and it's been really, really interesting to learn how that works. Already from the beginning, we wanted to be able to to support and incentivize sustainable buildings, but we didn't really have a good understanding of what it was or a common understanding of what it was, and that is what I have been working on since and now we i think we've reached that common understanding and now we start to take it into policy and that's been really interesting lately
0: we've we we've heard an, a, a lot from the commission about the renovation wave for example and and this idea that you know real estate is now in the spotlight it's it's p- specifically why is that what's what's generating this what's what's putting real estate at the top of uh uh Euro- european officials minds
1: i think it's very much linked to To climate neutrality or carbon neutrality targets sorry and 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 supporting our our, uh, climate change mitigation uh, agenda because the building sector has a huge impact on our on our carbon emissions it's actually the sector which is using most of our resources and it is emitting most of our greenhouse gas emissions so there is no decarbonized societies if we're not really try to improve the building sector and that goes beyond the use phase of the building um i think that's really the key message i want to to put across here today because so far when we look at different kinds of initiatives including policies for that matter also at the eu level we've been focusing on the use phase of the building you know we talk about the energy efficiency right and uh That is linked to how we heat and cool our buildings primarily. But um, we need to consider what happens before and after we use our buildings because there's so much carbon emissions from, for example, the extraction of materials and the manufacturing of those construction products that we need to, to construct our buildings. This is where circularity and life cycle thinking comes in. And that has a great potential to reduce our carbon emissions. So that's sort of a a new area to to many of us. And I think that's where we need to to dig deeper.
0: Thank you. So so Europe is committed to being the first uh, climate neutral or carbon neutral uh, continent by 2050. A lot has been talked about about 2050. But of course, there's an agenda building up to that, um, and much has been said about 2030, uh, which is just around the corner. Um, The EU is developing a new policy framework to help deliver this agenda. Um, How will this impact Europe's retail property sector?
1: Well, there are lots of things being done, of course, in relation to to carbon uh, neutrality and carbon emission reductions. But I thought I would uh, talk about some of the more important ones for the building sector, right? You know that last year we had this big package, which was called uh, Fit for 55. And that is precisely um, relating to the 2030 year that you mentioned, because it says that we must reduce our emissions by 55% by 2030 already. So it's not something that we can push down the line until 2045 and suddenly do something for 2050 and sort everything out. But we need to get going now. And of course, the current can i call it energy crisis but with everything that's going on now has sort of really put this even more into focus we need to reduce our our uh, energy use uh, more than ever right to for many reasons uh, as we know so uh, i think that's why as we need to reduce our energy uh, consumption we need to reduce our carbon emissions for for different reasons and as we know that the building sector is actually responsible for very high uh, share of of these resource and energy uses it's it's inevitable that this sector um, comes very much into the spotlight actually and there are different kinds of policy initiatives now that are, are looking to yeah to to steer uh, this this sector into a a more uh, sustainable um, direction and as I said not only for the for the use phase of buildings but really looking at how do we uh, design how do we construct our buildings how do we use them of course but also how do we use them for as long as possible Um, how do we Um, make good use of the spaces that we have and renovate instead of building new and and things like that so there are many things going on and I think I would like just to stress that what if we in order to make our buildings more energy efficient if we do that but when we do that we use so much material in an inefficient way uh, that it that this The materials, in a sense, they come with their own carbon cost because when we produce those materials, there were lots of carbon emissions. So then was it actually worth doing the building more energy efficient if it came at a very high carbon cost related to the materials that we were using? Or, for example, if the material-related carbon emissions, we actually call those embodied carbon emissions, but perhaps that's not needed to know. But think about it as material related carbon emissions. If they are so high when you construct a new building that you will have to use this building in a very energy efficient way for 20, 30, even 40 years before that initial carbon cost is paid off, then then what? You know, you have to take all these things into account. I'm not trying to say here that energy efficiency doesn't matter. I'm just saying, we need to be able to think about at least two things at the same time, and, and, and have a good balance between them and really improve both our energy efficiency of buildings, but also constructing our buildings or designing and constructing our buildings in such a way that they, they are reducing these material uh, uh, carbon emissions as well. We need to be able to do both things. And it does become a bit more complicated, but it is absolutely necessary. It's, it's called this life cycle thinking, life cycle performance, and that is now gradually making its way into building policy as well.
0: Great, so, so it sounds like systemic change is on the way for how, how, the, sector, how the sector works. Um, and the need for a holistic and comprehensive way that it works as well. Um, could you perhaps just give us a little bit more in terms of the immediate or in the medium term, um, What what what's coming through the pipeline at the moment? What, what are the most important deadlines coming up that the sector needs to be aware of?
1: Well, I think in terms of policy development, um, there are several commission proposals, that's how it works. Um, First, the Commission comes up with proposals and then they are being negotiated between the, the different Member States and the European Parliament. So there are several of those negotiations going on. Uh, I think the most important one for the for the building sector per se is the energy performance of buildings directive. Actually, the proposal from the Commission came out already or was adopted already at end of last year in December. So that uh, negotiation now is, is going on. Um, it's, it is between the, the member states and the, and the European Parliament, but I think it's interesting for the, for the sector per se to, to follow those, those discussions and inform uh, yourself about what they look like and what are the, the different arguments, really. Uh, another policy development, which I think is very interesting, or should be very interesting for, your, for the members here, is in relation to sustainable finance. It's the Sustainable Finance Initiative uh which where the commission is setting out it's called a taxonomy to kind of define what what are the criteria for an investment in a building in this case to be considered or to be defined as sustainable and i would have thought that that would be of great interest Um, already last year the first legal act in that regard came out and that legal act was focusing primarily on climate change mitigation but there is a new delegated uh, or new legal act they're called delegated acts Uh, there's a new legal act coming out either later this year or perhaps beginning of next year which continues to add criteria to this definition of of a sustainable investment Um, and these criteria will be linked to um uh, circularity and pollution prevention. So um, these these two different legal acts, which are linked to sustainable finance, where we define uh, private investments, how we can consider them being sustainable or not. This work is also ongoing. It's being, it's being discussed between different stakeholders. Uh, many different kinds of, of building professionals and member state representatives are involved. And I think that's really interesting because here we are, um, without making it mandatory as in a a directive uh, in in this sustainable finance initiative. We are—it's voluntary, of course—but if you want to to claim that your that your investment is sustainable, you would actually need to be able to show certain uh, how you're doing on certain criteria. So, so that's also work that is uh, ongoing. And I should say i didn't I didn't say that when I presented myself, but I've been very much in I've been driving the development of levels, which is um, the European common framework for how you assess and report on sustainability performance of a building. Um, members of yours may be very well aware of certain commercial certification schemes operating in Europe, and that's great, and we are working closely with them um, but levels takes on another role Uh, we want to to create a common understanding of what a sustainable building is so we have set together a couple of, of indicators the most important ones as we think typically fewer than most of those commercial certification schemes are doing but we are doing that so that we can one we can impact policy with those indicators two we can have uh, we can target building projects which are not necessarily the front runners and which are you know certifying themselves with those commercial certification schemes today but really if you want to understand start more from the beginning and understand how your building project can can do better and what are the what are the impacts of my different decisions that i take along my building project what what are the impacts on sustainability well then levels is for you and thirdly we also see how those certification schemes um, most used in europe are now aligning themselves with levels so having said that we have this levels tool a set of indicators basically and we can now see how we can use these indicators in the different um, policy initiatives that i mentioned actually in the different legal um, acts that I talked about before, whether it is the Energy Performance of Buildings Directive or the Sustainable Finance or anything else for that matter, which relates directly to to sustainability performance of buildings, we have the levels indicators to to base ourselves on, and so that's really great. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it would be important to understand levels because that would give you a very good understanding of um, of. Where different kinds of policy initiatives are heading. If you have a, a reasonable understanding of levels, I think you're at a good in a good position to understand what's what's going to come.
0: Great, thank you, thank you for that. So, we've got a sort of a combination of um, mandatory things that are coming through in terms of new regulation and new and, and new policies that will be that will be framed in law. Um, uh, that will be. I mean, clearly, led all our all our listeners will will be aware of the 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 sort of the dramatic uh, increase in, in reporting in terms of ESG standards, etc. And then we have the sort of more engagement side in terms of levels to in sort of better understanding and engaging in the process to help facilitate better understanding. That kind of leads me on to the next question, which is what should our members be doing to get engaged and why is this important? You talked about member states and and the council and the various institutions talking to each other, but where can industry um, have a voice and where can it it get involved to help inform and be informed of what's going on?
1: I think the easiest thing would actually be for them uh, to start with, uh, to (laughs) sign up to the Levels LinkedIn group because there we are really uh, trying to uh, communicate on all the different policy initiatives and and the the processes for those. Um, So I think that could be a good start. I also think that by, as I said before, checking out levels, there are easy introductions to that. That would give a good understanding of what it is that I'm actually talking about here in in 20 minutes. Um, I also would be very happy if um, if your members would be keen on on sharing their experience with us and others for that matter, when it comes to some really important life cycle, circularity matters, which I think that you might already be working on, but you may not even know that that they are linked to, to carbon emission reductions. So for example, we definitely need buildings which are considering sufficiency, circularity, renovation, adaptability, and are flexible. Now, what do I mean with that? Well, sufficiency, you know, what space is needed? Actually, the most sustainable building is the one which is not constructed. Right? But, but we need the function of the building. So how can we use the same space for different things? If you have um, uh, a shopping center, a mall or whatever, uh, already now, um, I guess that uh, an important part of the time, there's a lot of space which is empty. Could you use that in a different way? Could you make use of that space in a, in a different and, and intelligent way so that another building somewhere else doesn't need to be constructed even? I mean, that would be an enormous uh, um, contribution from that shopping centre then. Um, How can you make your building more adaptable so that when the current demand of that building changes, you can still use that building in an intelligent way without too many big changes, some of course, but not too big changes. Because if as soon as as the current demand uh, changes, you have to demolish that building and build a new one, well, that's the worst thing you can do. You should renovate your building or make some intelligent changes to the existing building so that it suits um, uh, a, new, a new demand. Um, how, so how flexible, adaptable are your buildings? And, and how can you share space, etc.? I think that would be extremely uh, important to, uh, f- for, your, for your members to, to think about and uh, start exploring what How they can contribute to that? because I think for most of us, just conceptually when we think about it, it that might be easier to do in a shopping center than in, a, in someone's home. So I think uh, i I would be very keen on hearing from 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 your the people listening to this um podcast if there is anything that we could learn from you there in what is possible and of course what is not possible but for sure there is a lot of things that could be done which we are not doing today
0: Uh, and that leads me on to the next bit which is clearly that as an industry there will be commercial realities as well you need to understand what some of those are in terms of the investment the development process to be able to kind of help inform and for the industry to be informed um, of of what you're trying to do uh, and also for them to potentially um, uh, be part of that Process, I guess. Um, so, in terms of the the, the, the consultation program and, and and the the evolution of that draft policy, there is an opportunity for the industry to engage.
1: Absolutely. Um, I don't know exactly what what the situation looks like for public consultations. Uh, I, I believe we are now in both of those cases that I mentioned. I believe, well, at least for the Energy Performance of Buildings Directive, we are now at a stage where, as I said, there is a negotiation between. The, um, at, at the higher level, right? Uh, when it comes to the sustainable finance, I, I would expect that there is a public consultation, but I must confess that I'm not 100% sure um, what that would look like. Uh, but absolutely, uh, the, the material is available or will become, and an, an, new versions of that material will become available. So uh, it, it is certainly possible for, for anyone to to look at that and and let us know.
0: And, and whether what are their thoughts? And perhaps, uh, Josephina, beyond just the EPPD and, and, mm-hmm. and sustainable finance, there is you know, we we've got a long way to go till 2050. So there will be other initiatives coming forward. So the point being is that there will be other opportunities, and it's it's important to start somewhere. And perhaps now more than ever, it, it is now. Um, the other point you said about the diversity within real estate itself. So how a shopping center may adapt versus how a somebody's home is very, very different. So perhaps the other message is that, you know, real estate isn't seen holistically as well, and that there will be certain nuances to the retail property sector that the the people like you and your colleagues will will want to hear from in order to understand them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I should be honest and say that uh, most of the... um of the different studies that we've done so far, and and most of the work that we've done, also policy-wise, have been concerned with, um, you know, office buildings and uh, residential buildings of different typologies. Um, but of course, it is also very important for us to to look at uh, some other kinds of buildings. Uh, I'm thinking of, of schools, of, of kindergarten or play schools, uh, but also shopping malls, shopping centres. I think both of those last ones, the, the play schools, the schools and the shopping centres, I think they can really lead by example. Um, I think that it can be in a fun and nice way. Um, you can learn uh, when you come as as a, as a customer, as a client, you can you can learn what that shopping center is doing uh, or what that retail um, group of retailers are doing with their building project. And I really think it can influence people because I would assume, you know much better than I do, but I would assume that people who come to a shopping center, they are often quite, you know, relaxed and happy and, and they are I would have thought that they would be ready to to get some new input and uh, and perhaps get started a bit uh, in, in a different way uh, than what they would do if they contacted me and I started talking to them. So yeah,
0: well,
1: I uh, think yeah, I think it could be a nice way of, of of being confronted with some with some new kind of thinking, new ideas there.
0: Well, what a lovely way to to wrap the interview um I, 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 shopping uh centers are obviously clearly um major commercial hubs but they are also um community hubs so uh there's an awful lot going on in within a shopping center at any one time not just people buying um the things they need and want but um so yes there's there's i would imagine that a lot of our listeners will, will be very interested in that last element um Uh, that you mentioned. Is there anything else as we head towards the wrap? Is there anything else you you would like to say to to our members and anything else they should be doing?
1: Uh, Well, I think uh, I already touched on that, of course, uh, in terms of this exciting word of sufficiency. But I think it would be really interesting to see how you can start to combine because I'm going to be honest, when I think of shopping uh, centers, uh, I think of of you know buying stuff. Um, but I, I wonder if it's not time to start to see how we can use that space that is provided for that also for other things, more like you said, community activities, um, which are not necessarily linked to you know you pay something and you get something. But could you do other things there? Could there be? I don't know, um, exhibitions, uh, could there be courses of different kinds? Uh, or, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts going on in that, in that area already. And that's where I think it would be really nice for us to, to learn more, but how we can combine different kinds of activities in, in one place. Uh, I think that would be really, really nice. And I think it would be good, not just for the environment, but also in a, in a social aspect uh, as well. So I would be looking forward to to learn more about what's what's going on in that direction and in that area and and how we can work on that together, perhaps.
0: Wonderful, Josephina, thank you so much for those thoughts. Um, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the, in in the near future. And clearly, an, a, a lot of opportunity for us and our members to engage with you. Um, there is an awful lot of diversity going on within a shopping place, and and some of the things you talk about um, are some things that we are doing a lot on, um, but um, more to come perhaps. But as we close, um, uh, there's a lot the property sector and particularly the retail property sector needs to be doing in terms of engaging the EU. Without systemic change, the EU will not meet its climate change targets. That seems to be very clear, Um, but there's an awful lot that needs to happen in the very short period of time, which is going to be challenging for a sector that's still recovering from the impact of the pandemic. And as we know, a building has a long lifespan um, this conversation, Josephina, needs to be continued. So again, thank you, but for now, um, we hope to be hearing from you more in due course. Um, we have got a written blog from you um, that's uh, in production and will be available on uh, the website. For this and more updates on, on, on um, the climate change debate, but also many other issues, please do keep an eye out on our social media channels and the association's website at www.ecsp.eu. In the meantime, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.